This is Overshare, a podcast for women by women. I'm your host, Cass Whitaker, here to overshare on all things sex, relationships, health, and career. This episode is about hormones. Are they making me want a baby? I guess we'll find out. Today's guest is fashion and lifestyle blogger, Marie McHale. Thanks, Marie, for joining us. Hi, Cass. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's get started. So I'll tell you about my dream then, (laughs) or the dreams that I've been having. Basically started a couple of nights ago so like I had a dream that I was in the middle of an apocalypse and given the current (laughs) circumstances it doesn't feel that unusual does it (laughs) no and yeah and so and I was pregnant during it and obviously trying to deal with that and it was quite scary and then I think in the dream I gave birth but I don't like from memory it felt like it was the whole pregnancy all the way through and like the span of quick succession because you know how dreams don't make sense no they never do and yeah, and then like I met the baby and it was all like real exciting, but just frightening at the same time. So yeah. that was the first dream. <laughs> and then <laughs> the next night I dreamt about it again, but different scenario. Like I wasn't apocalyptic. It was just, I just happened to have a baby. And then there was another one after that where I dreamt that I just found out I was pregnant. And like each time I was kind of happy about it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. which is yep. strange because, you know, previously when I was, you know, let's say 10 years younger and I'd have a dream about being pregnant, it was the most frightening experience of my life. <laughs> of course, yeah. It definitely related to age, I think. Yeah. I had a couple of theories on why this was happening. So the first theory I think I've already told you was that I was having quite a stressful time at work, so maybe being pregnant meant that I could have an extended break from work. <laughs> Matt leave yep exactly. sounds like a good plan I told one of my friends who actually has two young kids that and she was straight up like well I mean it's a break from work but also you want a break from the kids pretty fast <laughs> <laughs> so yes yeah, so that was one theory the other theory is that I've been watching teen mum UK recently <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe there's their children kind of infiltrated my dreams <laughs> uh could be you know you never know yeah. they actually have quite cute kids on that show so you just never know and then the third theory which is more likely probably is that I think my hormones are driving me crazy I'm 30 now I'm got married last year and I'm at that point where you know people start going why haven't you got a baby which I'm sure you've experienced in your last few years as well absolutely and I think that's just it's so confronting sometimes that question and I I'm very cautious not to ask that of anyone else because you don't really know what they're going through but that is another situation and something we can discuss maybe in another podcast. Yeah, no, 100%. We could be here all night if we discussed mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, no, that's it. Like you just don't know and it's better, you know, you don't know how people feel about it or anything. And it's just interesting because I feel like I've been up and down all year. So, you know, earlier this year I did really want a baby. Me and my husband were talking about it. We were, like, putting together a plan because I have obviously – a few health considerations like um, an autoimmune disorder that I need to factor in and you know so then I obviously have contraceptive that helps with that autoimmune disorder so I have to take that out so you know there's a lot of steps so I was like let's plan for it and he was like yeah if that's what you want I'm happy to do what you want and then like within like two or three months I just immediately changed my mind I was like yeah exactly and I was like nah we can wait another year or so I don't I don't need to do this yet do you think that your dreams were they around about the time that you flipped or what came first basically the dreams or the certainty of I don't want a kid right now the dreams happened have happened more recently and now I'm kind of feeling like I want one again so it's like I feel like I've been on and off all year 
and right. flipping back and forth. And so I actually did some research on this because I was like, are hormones making me want a baby? Like, is that what's <laughs> happening? Like, I mean, I've obviously, I've had some medication changes throughout the year, which probably have had an impact on my hormones as well. But yeah, definitely. There's two different parts of this research. There's research that suggests that, yes, definitely hormones have play a part because, you know, it's tied in with our menstrual cycles. So, you know, they're saying that like the different, levels of progesterone and testosterone like the different varying levels during your menstrual cycle can impact how you feel about wanting children so I think it said something like in the second half of your cycle you're much more likely to you know want to go pinch that kid's cheeks on the street (laughs) (laughs) I was actually quite surprised to read that it's testosterone that could potentially be like impacting that because obviously it's a more masculine characteristic but ultimately it still has an impact on whether you want to procreate so yeah I mean it sounds about right I guess I mean when you think of cavemen you assume they're you know testosterone fueled men who I guess you know in addition to hunting they do want to procreate so yeah I guess there is a theory in that yeah men like to go sow their seed everywhere as well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm still convinced a scientist made that up to justify men going around and sleeping with whomever they want to probably yeah it's <laughs> like what I can't help it it's in my DNA like, it's science <laughs> um but then there's the other side of the story I guess that don't believe that hormones actually have an impact so I read an SBS mm. article earlier this week on it and it was basically just saying that while the urgent desire to have a child in one's late 30s and early 40s is definitely a real phenomenon that occurs with a lot of women they're not convinced it's hormonal this isn't just the sbs news reporter writing this either they had like quotes from different obgs and stuff so i'll chuck the link into the article in the podcast notes but yeah they just said it's they don't think it's hormonal they think it's likely existential so you know a lot of us hit that age we know that our fertility rates start to drop and then we kind of have that moment of like oh fuck i need to make a decision and i've got to make it now yeah, that's so, pretty much, yeah. It is the pressure, definitely. Society's pressure as well. It's There's a lot of factors that attribute to, I guess, feeling like you have to have a baby maybe. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to interview you and talk about it. How many years have you been married now? A couple of years? Um, yeah, coming up to th- uh, three years in yeah. Feb. So, yeah, so you've been married for three years. You know, you come from um, culturally keen on kids background and also <laughs> a, right. a religious background as well so you've got like all these different pressures put upon absolutely you yeah have, I mean honestly the second I want to say the second but it probably was like a few months down the track after we got married everyone was asking me that question you know so when when's your baby coming along when's your baby and it was very confronting. It came a lot from um, my mother-in-law. She's Egyptian, so she's the kind of background where family is very important to her and she basically wants me to pop out grandkids as soon as we got married. There were, I was feeling pressure from the very start. And as you mentioned, I am Roman Catholic. So as you know from history, yeah. they usually have five, six, seven kids. And I'm also Italian. So that's also another big um Big family. Factor, I guess. Yeah, big family. I come from a big family. I've got, you know, three sisters. Um, I've got, you know, three first cousins, second cousins, third. It just, it's big. Yeah. You know, Christmas is always huge. So there's also that as well. And I found that growing up, I wasn't like my sisters or my cousins. I mean, they'd see a baby and they'd fawn all over them. You know, they'd want to share it around, hug. And, and I, from a young age, I was like, 
babies are cute, but I don't ever feel that maternal need. Yeah. What do you do when like someone comes in with say like a one month old baby and they're like, oh, do you want to hold him? Would you do it or would you like? (laughs) Honestly, probably not. It's so odd that you ask this because I don't really think about it. But I guess if I did see a baby, I'm not even sure I'd acknowledge if it was absolutely adorable. I mean, I know I've read somewhere where um, newborn babies, that smell is, I think, similar to like a really potent drug, an addictive drug. That's why people love to sniff babies. That freaks me out. But no, like I look at babies and I'm like, no, no, you can hold on to that. That's great. You know, I'm grateful that, you know, my sister um, is pregnant. My sister-in-law just had a baby, you know, so I've got a nephew and he's really cute. And, you know, I do hold him, but I just don't find myself obsessing over it like I see other people it's like you love your nephew but it doesn't bring like an urge inside of you to no absolutely I don't have that urge at all and I mean my husband sometimes puts the pressure on me I I can see that you know when we go out and there's a baby around he'll look at it and you know smile and I've just never really felt maternal I guess that's, that's the maternal instinct I just don't feel it and yeah, it is. It's very hard when you come from an Italian background and you're also Roman Catholic and there's society and religious pressure and just family telling you, you know, when are you going to have a baby? And it's hard to say, I don't even know if I want one. And I'm 34 years old. I don't know if I'm ever going to feel maternal. That's why I find it so interesting because it's like, it makes me think that it isn't hormonal, the cause yeah. for, desi- like for wanting a baby. Because if it was hormonal, I mean, surely every woman ever in the world with the exception of people who had hormonal imbalances and stuff would end up feeling this way you know right I totally agree yeah so you know it it does kind of lean towards being a societal pressure thing and it's just interesting because it makes me go well do I actually want to have a baby or do I just feel like I need to have a baby that's exactly it. And I mean, it's another question as well that people ask, you know, to me particularly, you're 34. What if you don't have a baby? What if you can't have a baby? Will you regret it? And mm. it's so hard to respond. I mean, will I regret not having a baby? I don't know. I mean, you know, there's women who have had babies up until what, 44 years old. I don't feel like my time's running out, but then yeah, you're conscious. I mean, there's huge TV tropes about the biological clock ticking. So there's just pressure from everywhere. I'm not ready. I know I'm not ready to have a baby and I don't know if I ever will be. And I think ultimately, like, wouldn't it be better to not have a baby and regret it in the future than have one and regret having one? (laughs) Absolutely. That's it. There's some people that, you know, just probably shouldn't be parents and through no fault of their own, maybe it's just they were pressured to do it as well and you just definitely, it's always better to not regret the things you've done and the things you have definitely and also like yeah it's like a person and you know they're so what they grow up thinking that they're not loved and like it's it's a tough one because I know like generally speaking the majority of people when they do end up having the baby they go oh my god like everything's changed it's the best thing ever yeah yeah. and you know so that's great but obviously there's situations where that's not the case because I mean psychologists make a lot of money on, on, <laughs> on these people, don't they? <laughs> and, and, yeah, I mean, that's and that's human nature and there's nothing we can, you know, yeah. do about that. But I guess you either know or you don't know, and I think I'm more in the latter. I'm just, I'm not sure, whereas some people, even you, perfect example, earlier this year you were like, I want a baby, 100%, I want a baby. Yeah. And then now you're swaying more to, I don't know if I'm ready yet. Yeah, exactly. I have a question as well. If you decide, say, like 10 years down the line that you want one, mm-hmm you know, the doctor's like, look, fertility-wise, don't think it's going to happen. Right. Would you adopt? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's not, without 
at a hundred percent. There are so many children that need homes, and if that ever came that way, and I would definitely adopt. And I mean, I guess it's it would be true to an extent where you know in movies where there's a kid that's adopted and they're like, I don't consider you, you know, adopted. You're my real child, and I guess yeah. that's exactly how you'd raise them. They are your child, you know, whether or not they came from you. You can still have a mother's love for someone. Yeah, you know? I think so. I mean, I look at my husband's nieces, and you know, they're only related to me through the marriage, right? And I, right. I adore them. And then my, one of my best friend's kids, like she's got two young boys. Like, I'd do anything for them. Yeah, like, I feel like it'd be the exact same situation, if not stronger, if you were adopting and raising the kids. So, Of course, yeah. And I I think that's even, it's not to say you have different degrees of love, but, I mean, I think falling pregnant quite quickly and having a baby, I don't think you'd be able to understand how much a mother would go through to, you know, have IVF and go through all that if she couldn't have a baby and, you know, she was trying so much harder. Yeah, I just think there's just varying degrees of love and, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And then there's also Marie and I are, we're career women, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) We definitely are. We are. We work together. So that's also like a massive consideration, right? Because it's like, if I decide to have a child, I need to, you know, take what is it like take nine months off, six months off? I think they recommend minimum three so you can bond with the baby. But I've, I've got friends who are just desperate to go back to work straight away. So there's that. Yeah. So, I mean, also there's a lot of factors in that because like for me living in Melbourne or my family live in Adelaide, so there's a strong chance that I would probably need to stay home for a lot longer because we wouldn't have, you know, family members to support. Yeah, the family members to fall back on. That's a year Mm -hmm. out of my career. That's exactly such a good point as well. I mean, women have so many more choices now. You know, we're CEOs. We have businesses to run. It's really hard when you have a baby and you have to put your life on hold. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, you know, you've got different priorities. It's no longer about you. You've got to look after your baby. But I guess some women maybe will sit there and wonder, what do I do, baby or career? Because sometimes, sometimes you can't have both. Yeah. And I know they're trying to, like, they've, uh, you know, a lot of companies are putting forward better maternity leave plans and absolute paternity leave as well. You yeah, know, everything. And you know, a lot more men that I know personally are more keen to have the time off as well, or in lieu of the wife or partner or whatever, um, having yeah. the time off. Like a year, a couple of years back, Steve and I, when we first just hypothetically talked about it. He said that he'd be happy to be the um, stay-at-home dad if I really wanted to stay at work. I do think it's changed more recently just because of, you know, financial choices. Like he unfortunately makes a lot more money than me at the moment. (laughs) Sales and commission ultimately all goes into the same bank account, so whatever. You know, so that's a factor too, right? Like you've got to consider wages and and livable income and things like that and go, okay, if we're going to live on one salary, which one salary are we going to live on? So, And from what I remember, I think... I'm not sure, but I think babies are pretty expensive, you know, from what my <laughs> friends have said. You know, they grow quite quickly. And really? You have, change. To, you have to buy <laughs> things for them? I know. It's it's crazy. It's a crazy notion, but you're absolutely right. So two incomes are always better than one. And then when you've got a baby, yeah, huge difference. Do you think if you had kids that your family would just smother you with baby gifts? Yeah, that scares me. I just, I don't like too much attention. I just know that if I had a baby, I think everyone would be swarming over me all the time, wanting to like touch the baby and that just creeps me out. But no, they wouldn't spoil me, but they'd look after the baby, of course. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting because it's like, you know, to some people, it seems like you've got the perfect setup to have one. 
aside from obviously wanting to have a career. So it's just interesting to hear you turn around and say, well, I still don't want it. And I think it's commendable. I don't have a kid just because the world's telling us to, you know? That's so. well, Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I think the same with you and, and your husband. Um, my husband and I have talked about it just, you know, briefly as well. And yeah, we feel the same way. I've always said I would like to continue working while he looks after the baby. But I guess it's a bit hard when women breastfeed men can't do that yet so it's just you know you're going to have to stay home with the baby to feed it you know three or four times a day so it's a little bit harder in that regard would you consider bottled like bottles oh yeah yeah. whatever's for the baby I guess you know true if it ever comes that it's just so weird talking about it like I have a baby it just I don't feel talking about a baby right now I don't feel a need to have one I'm not looking forward to one my yeah in your mind this is purely for safety yeah (laughs) what about you do you are you thinking about it the more you think about it the more Um, do you sway towards the idea yeah because like I mean funnily enough when you mentioned breastfeeding Steve just loves watching random documentaries and we were watching one about breast milk and how it's like becoming (laughs) a commodity and like you know women can actually sell their breast milk and some of them donated obviously to hospitals and things like that for newborns that require it but you know there were like bodybuilders that were drinking it and (laughs) the show very clearly said there's no stated proof that this works but you know it actually helps yeah yeah yeah. it just started to make me think like well I'm actually considering I'm like okay well if I had a kid you know I would you know, probably try breastfeeding, like maybe quite selfishly just to save the money on buying the formula. Yeah. <laughs> but people say breast is best. I don't I don't know about that. But I, I feel like at the very least there's like that first day or 48 or 72 hours. I'm not 100% certain on the time frame where it's not just milk and there's like different proteins and, yeah. and things that they receive from the breast. So obviously I'd want to, if possible, be able to give my child that. But, you know, of course. I was bottle fed. My sister was the friend that I mentioned with the two sons. They were because she tried on the first child and um, got mastitis. And oh. so then, she, then they told her, I'll just try the other breast. And then she got mastitis on that one too. So <laughs> she was like, screw this. I'm just going straight to bottles. And then on the second son, she didn't even try. She was like, I'm bottling. Like, yeah. And, I mean, and that's yeah. the thing. It, the baby does dictate it. It's, you can decide and say, I don't want to breastfeed or I'll only give it, you know, formula. But no, apparently the baby chooses what it prefers, you know, in that sense. Yeah. So I think having a baby ultimately is giving up your freedom and your liberties and everything. And as horrible as that sounds to some people, some people will gladly selflessly give up everything for a new life and I think that's beautiful and commendable as well I just don't know if it's for me yet yeah and going back to team mom UK I don't necessarily think it means giving up your freedoms and your liberties and stuff forever like it's just obviously it's like okay I've decided that I'm going to have this child and I'm going to be responsible for this life and so that's my new priority but like in that show it's very clear that you know you've got a support network to lean on and the kid gets a bit older and you can live your life and they you know the partners take turns looking after the child what's there's like a saying on that like it takes a village to raise a child yeah I don't want this to sound like I'm saying like oh any woman who wants to do this is wrong because I'm already no I'm still considering having a child of course yeah there's so much involved in the decision (laughs) (laughs) there really is it just can't make it lightly and I mean yeah, there's just so much finance and then even mental state. Yeah, everything. There's a lot to think yeah. about. And then there's also the one thing that we haven't factored in as well because obviously we both love our husbands. Also, just as a tidbit <laughs> for anyone listening, they're both named Stephen. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't share a husband. So when, when Cass talks about Stephen, it's not my Stephen, it's to another Stephen. That would add to an interesting element would- <laughs> to our story, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, that would be great. Think of the podcast we could talk about. <laughs> I know. No, what I was going to say is that, you know, there's the factor as well, like about what happens if things don't work out and then you ha- you're a single parent. And once again, my mum's a single parent, not the worst thing in the world, but it is a concern because then, you know, you want to make sure that you build a positive relationship with your ex-partner on behalf of the child and, you know, you don't want to hit the child against each parent and we're Cross all, childhood traumas. Yeah. Yeah. We're all <laughs> as much as we all want to be adult. I know myself, I'm a pretty emotional person and can be childish <laughs> still sometimes. Like it's hard always being on the high ground. Sometimes you just want to, Definitely. Be, you know, so that's another factor as well. Like you hit like once teen mom again, you hear these situations where they go to have another kid to like save the relationship or see if it'll help the relationship. Yeah. Bandaid just, baby. That's yeah. what they're called. I think ultimately it has to be a decision that you make yourself and, you know, yeah, you factor in your partner's feelings, but you're carrying it for nine months and then you carried it for 18 years after that. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's that, that's what I mean. Um, yeah. I don't mean like your liberties are all gone, but I mean, you've got responsibility up to the age of 18 legally. And then like, you know, ultimately your familial love doesn't really just die at 18. Like, we're, no, it yeah. definitely doesn't. <laughs> we're, we're not animals in the jungle that go, okay, see you later. <laughs> Time for you to leave now. It's, you've been born for two weeks. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I just, I just find it so fascinating that humanity has been doing this for so long and in a way we still haven't got it right. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's funny because you think you're doing the right thing. You never know. And then that kid's still going to grow up and go, oh, my parents were idiots. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're going to go through that whole teen angst stage. I hate my mom. You know, it's Oh, just... my God. I know. I'm just thinking, like, if I do actually end up having kids, like. And, yeah, and maybe a little cast. They listen to this podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> How messed up would that be? Also, a couple of years ago, I actually wrote a blog on it that was, like, written in the style of to a future child. It was, like, mid-20s angst. Do you still have it with you? I think so. I think I've got it written down somewhere. So worst case scenario, I might post it and then, yeah, I'll add the link into these podcast notes because it's it was basically just like an apology, you know, for the future and, like, I don't ever want to put you in a position where you feel like I'm offloading lots of, like, angst onto the child and stuff like that because I was, like, obviously, and by the sounds of it, from memory, I was obviously in a bad mood with my own mom at the time. So... <laughs> Yeah. And that's exactly it as well. Like, you know, we forget that our parents are also humans as well with their own complex emotions and things. So yeah. I guess you're careful and conscious that you don't want to put that onto your future child. But I mean, there's no guarantees in life. It's like troubleshooting, right? It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> I've learned that this mistake from my mum, I will not pass on to my child. When they're, you know, older and they're deciding to have a kid, they go, okay, well, I know that grandma did that one to mum and mum did that one to me, so I won't do those two. And it just goes on and on and on. So Exactly. (laughs) I love that I always bring analogies back to, like, the internet or telco or stuff like that. And teen mum. That's that's good too. Teen mum. Hopefully (laughs) I won't be mentioning teen mum every podcast. But yeah, no, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Marie. Thank you for sharing your insights and a bit about your life. How Thank you, you for having me. No, did you enjoy it? I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> it's my very first podcast. And yeah, I'm always conscious, you know, that I'm about to discuss that I'm Italian and Catholic. Don't hold it against me. So, you know, but that does shape who you are. I think we've overshared, which was the whole point. So <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, if you enjoyed, please like and review my podcast and 
feel free to reach out to me if you have any suggestions of what you'd like me to talk about. Thank you.